The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. So you own your own business. Got small ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Got medium ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Who has medium ambitions? You got big ambitions. If you're a growing business with big ambitions, you want to grow with Granger. Granger has the products, the services, and more importantly, the commitment you need. Total commitment. If you're a growing business, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Clay Ling alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. Uh, James, we got you got the new top 200 on the horizon here. You uh, gave me a little preview. We're going to be touching on some some risers, some fallers, some surprising ranks. Also, some of this year's draft class we've slotted in. And we're also going to be grading out our next hip-hop uh, group, taking a step down, to say the least, after Gangstar and Outcast. Going to be doing Terror Squad this week, so... Uh, be sure to stay tuned for that. Yeah, yeah. No, that shouldn't take very long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really shouldn't. Um, so many graduations, though. Uh, so many call-ups this year. I mean, it's kind of unparalleled, but a lot of those guys removed. Did you remove everybody who was who is currently in the majors? Yeah, that's the that's the deal right now. Everybody that's in the majors is off of this list, except for... Vincent Velasquez, we'll kind of see what happens with him. I He's down right now, but I may not include him here just because he's expected to rejoin the rotation after the All-Star break. Uh, I could see Joe Ross I have in here. I could see him 
uh, being up with the big league club too before this goes live. So the new number one again. These are still fluid, subject yeah, to very, change. Very, very fluid. Yeah, but kind of the at least the top one hundred kind of in place for now. Uh, again, subject to change, but you're kind of eyeing maybe by this weekend, if not this weekend, after the All-Star break to get these up on the site? Yeah, for me, it's just all about being thorough. Mm-hmm. Uh, not going to rush these up if they're not, if everything hasn't been vetted. So uh, I appreciate that. There's a, chance, there's a chance they could be done before we leave for Vegas on Sunday, and in that case, I'll put them up. Otherwise, uh, take care of it uh, the following weekend. You're getting into Vegas pretty early. Are you going to be able to watch the Futures game? Yeah. Uh, you know, flights at 8.30 from Chicago, watch the Futures game. Then we're going to go uh, watch a Bucks Summer League game right after that. And then we'll have – then it'll be – the drinks will be flowing after that. <laughs> Actually, no drinks will probably be flowing before that. Yeah, without question. <laughs> uh, probably on the flight. Might, <laughs> might, might, be, might be flowing on the flight. You know, 8 a.m. We'll flight? What, I mean, we'll don't count happens. it out. I think I had one uh, last year. So the no, worst no judging on this the, the worst thing you can do is fly uh you know in the south on on like a Sunday. I've mm-hmm. been in like the Atlanta airport before where I've been in there at like noon and they won't serve booze and in, in on yeah. a Sunday morning. Like you know <laughs> it's like come on, yeah. this is this is international waters here. Yeah, get off your high horse. <laughs> serve me a drink. <laughs> uh, the new number one in your, on your top two hundred, Corey Seeger. Yeah, not a big surprise with everybody, you know, coming up. Uh, really excited about his future. He may be the next one to come up. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, he might. Hell, he might be up like a week after these are live. Yeah, I hope so. I got him for a buck in uh, stake league. Need him to help me dig out of the cellar. But uh, then you got Lucas Giolito, Kyle Schwarber, who I'm also expecting to be up before long. I mean. Uh, Chris Coughlin had a nice month of June, but really struggling so far in July. I'd, I'd like to see him get a, a chance, but it's just a matter of how many games they want him to catch really down in the minors. Yeah, I heard, uh, I think I heard John Crux say the other day on ESPN that the Cubs really need to add a bat at the trade deadline. It's like, well, they have a bat. His yeah, name's Kyle Schwarber, and he'll be up <laughs> soon. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I did see them kind of linked to... Uh, Will Venable. I feel like that would be a decent fit just because he could, you know, they play all a, three outfield spots. Yeah, they need a pitcher, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's pretty obvious. I think they're going to go get one of those for sure at the deadline. Julio Urias, number four. Another guy I'm really excited about. Very young, but uh, upside through the roof. Nomar Mazzara, number five. You got to see him live and, and talk to him uh, down in Northwest Arkansas earlier this year. Go back and check out that episode of the Prospect Pod if you can. If you haven't heard it. Thought that was a really good one. Uh, we'll just run down the rest of the top ten here before we jump to some some big risers. Joey Gallo, number six. Uh, kind of interesting that he's not a little higher, but the strike zone concerns definitely play a part. But this, I mean, being this high just speaks to, I mean, you're obviously not down on the guy. Uh, J.P. Crawford, a pretty big riser here at number seven. Yon Moncada at number eight. Alexander Reyes, number nine. And Aaron Judge cracking the top ten. Uh, do you think he can maybe be a surprise call up later this year? Yeah, I think uh, as long as he doesn't, you know, really struggle at AAA, I think he'll be up, you know, probably in the next month or six weeks or so. He's definitely worth worth stashing in deeper leagues. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about him, and uh, you know, so far at AAA, 17 games, he's batting 266, the 364 on base, the slug just 344 though, uh, one homer, two doubles, and and 77 plate appearances. So I mean, that'll come around. Big powerful guy. Uh, it's going to be there eventually. But I also thought, you know, at number 11, Hector Oliveira 
good to see him get up there, but it's just a matter of when he's going to be up. I know he's injured right now, but I think, you know, they'll find at bats for him. But at his age, you know, do you, do you expect him to hit the ground running once he is healthy and, and with the big club? Yeah, after after Seager, he's the top stash, I think, for me. Well, it's close between Oliveira and Schwarber, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think he'll hit the ground running. Now, we'll jump down to number 31, A.J. Reed. Uh, we got to ask an expert question about this guy and uh, just the other day, and you know, I looked up the numbers for myself and was kind of blown away, really. I mean, 22 homers already, uh, 80 games, 330 batting average, 443 on base, uh, 57 walks to 72 strikeouts. Do, do you remember where he was on your previous ranks, even like coming into the year? Oh, I didn't have him ranked didn't coming him ranked. into the year. Okay. On the, the May 15th update, he was like 115 or something like that. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's definitely hit his way onto the list. And he's a tough guy to rate because, you know, all these hitters at Lancaster have just been raking. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, their their numbers, it's hard to really properly judge them. You know, Brett Phillips, Derek Fisher, uh, uh, J.D. Davis, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've got a lot of guys who are just really raking at Lancaster. Tough to know how much of that's the park, how much of it's the environment, and how much of it's just pure skill. But, you know, based on Reed's numbers, it's kind of impossible to not give him a, a decent amount of the credit there mm-hmm. just based on, I mean, the power is incredibly real. Yeah, I mean, it's 22 homers at this point. I don't, I don't think, you know, you could even – you know, think about pointing to that the, the home park and saying, you know, that's the only reason for his success. Uh, you look at the numbers; he actually has 14 homers on the road uh, compared to eight at home. Now, that's the league is kind of hitter friendly uh, and, in general. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, he he doesn't have any red flags really, other than the environment. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not like we're worried about is he going to strike out too much. I, I don't think that's a going to be a big issue i mean he'll strike out just as much as a lot of sluggers do but i don't think it's you know gallo level issues there an absolutely absurd month of june 434 uh average 529 on base 677 slug i mean he could be 10 spots higher here i i just you know taking it a little cautious uh with him but you know he could I wouldn't argue with anyone, even if you wanted to put him like in the mid-teens. I wouldn't really argue with that. I mean, it's I don't really think it matters because you know I get that the Astros currently have Chris Carter and they have John Singleton wrapped up, but it doesn't matter with Reed. Uh, he's either going to play first or DH. But do you think you know he ends up being strictly DH, or do you think he uh, has the skills to play first at the major league level? Well, I think he he probably profiles at first, just given who you mentioned Singleton, mm-hmm. you mentioned Carter. Uh, I think Carter's kind of your prototypical DH, and Singleton is probably your prototypical bench bat or quad A guy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, he he was kind of – well, of course, he was a highly touted prospect a while ago but and has had success this year in the minors, but I think uh, the shine has worn off to a large extent. Uh, top overall pick in this year's draft, Dansby Swanson, checking in at 52 overall. Uh, I thought, you know, when we talked about, you know, where you might slot him, I think he kind of suggested he may be a little bit higher, but I think this is fair. Right behind Jorge Alfaro, right ahead of Gleyber Torres. Uh, what's what's the reasoning behind this rank here? 
I think he's he's really safe. You know, I think I said maybe in the the 30s would be kind of where he might land after the draft, and it really has nothing to do with him. And it's just I underestimated how many good players are still left in the minor leagues. Mm-hmm. It's just you know I'm not going to rank a guy like Swanson over guys who are just killing it in the you know high A and double A levels and have similar upside and, and a similar floor. So. Uh, you know, I think he's incredibly safe. That's why he's the top ranked guy from this draft class. I think he's someone who, you know, should be, you know, top 10 shortstop for, you know, five to 10 years in fantasy, just nothing going to, nothing crazy in terms of the, you know, he's not going to be a first round pick or mm-hmm. even maybe a, a fourth round pick, but he's a guy that'll probably get drafted in the top 100 pretty regularly. Just four spots ahead of Brendan Rogers, who, uh, you know, with that home park, I think there's a lot to like, but. Uh, just 18, whereas you know Swanson has had some years of uh, college ball under his belt, a bit more of a proven guy, you know. But Rogers, do you think uh, is it fair to say his his upside is is oh yeah significantly higher than Doug oh yeah Swanson's? I mean he's he's pretty safe for a a prep bat, but he's like you said. I mean he might be five years away, so mm-hmm. uh, he could just crush it and get there in three years. But I mean the the ETA on him is what kind of holds him below Swanson. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm excited to see these guys get into affiliated ball, but uh, just uh, I, I haven't heard if, if they're getting an assignment at any point. I'd imagine they spend most of the year at rookie ball, but uh, hopefully we get to see at least uh, f- some flashes. Maybe in the, uh, Swanson, maybe not in the fall league, but maybe next year uh, could be an option for that. I wouldn't be I I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the fall league, but that, that would be awesome you know, be to really get to cool. see at least a couple guys from this class. Yeah, we're going to be down there for the for first pitch Arizona, so it would be nice to see, uh, you know, if, if it's not Swansby, a lot of these guys hopefully playing in the fall league. Yadier Alvarez, big, you know, international signing, right-hander, checking in at number 60. Uh, another guy we kind of talked about uh, last week with the J2 signings, but uh, a little bit surprised to see him this high, uh, but at the same time, you, you know, you hyped him up quite a bit and uh, – what do you think here is would he be higher you know if he uh if there was a higher floor or do you think um you know that the floor is actually pretty safe with this guy well this is just all kind of upside uh there's not really anybody there's no pitcher ranked below him that can match his upside I don't think um you know maybe maybe you could say Brady Aiken could match his upside but I haven't even ranked him yet just because of all the, the injury issues. Uh, you know, Alvarez has number one starter stuff. I mean, he could have 270-grade pitches. Uh, mighty, that fastball might even be an 80. So, you know, he could be – he's the guy that I actually want to see get into competition first. I think he's going to stay in the Dominican all season this year and just kind of work at the, the Dodgers complex there. But he'll get into, you know – uh, maybe maybe short season or maybe rookie ball next year and then move as fast as as it warrants but I, I want to see him face you know minor league hitters and just kind of see what kind of numbers he can put up yeah just 19 and of course signed that big 16 million dollar deal with Los Angeles uh can t- dial up the fastball to the upper 90s uh but yeah there's definitely a lot to, to you know still see with this guy the secondary pitches come along but the the slider uh, definitely an encouraging offering there as well. Jameson Tyon, 
Number 64, he just underwent surgery. I think it was for a hernia, groin yeah, yeah. injury or something Not like that. Not an arm issue. Yeah. But the nice thing, well, the nice thing is he's going to be, you know, 100% healthy come next spring, you mm-hmm. know? So the the Tommy John shouldn't be a concern at that point anymore. And, you know, he'll be over the hernia and everything. So this is kind of like, you know, what's it going to be? Almost 20, 20 months or 24 months uh, removed from Tommy John mm-hmm. when he uh, takes the ball in, in the spring. Yeah, it should be, should be completely healthy and uh yeah, I know they kind of yeah, they're saying he could be healthy maybe by like September. I don't see him, you know. He's not going to be an option no. for for the major league team. But I do think the Pirates, I mean, we've talked about this. Uh and I even said he it on He could be he could be an AFL guy. Yeah, I think that'd probably be good just to get him back up to speed maybe before and get him some more work uh before spring rolls around. A couple of quick guys I want to touch on just on my Reds. Uh Phil Irvin, <laughs> good to see him back. Uh 65 on your ranks here. And then Alex Blandino right behind him at 66. Really nice to see. Now Philip Irvin really tough year last year with low A Dayton, but that's a tough park. And he's coming off a wrist injury. Uh you've seen enough though clearly to to warrant a, a big jump back in his rankings. Uh what are the what's the upside with him? Does what are the tools and and possible uh, fantasy uh, fantasy impact with a guy like Irvin? Yeah, I mean he's he's a potential five category guy. Uh, you know, good good power speed combo. Um, I you know it's it's a nice ballpark for him. There's nobody really blocking him. I mean, he can play center, but he can play either corner as well. So. Uh, you know, you assume they probably move Bruce, or you'd hope they'd move Bruce this year, and then, <laughs> yeah, you and do then, <laughs> then, uh, then you'd have you know a, a future outfield of Irvin Hamilton and Winker, which would be pretty exciting. Yeah, eleven homers in, in seventy-two games so far with Daytona. Uh, just just seven last year in one hundred and thirty-two games, but again, I think the wrist injury yep. really sapped a lot of that, and he also. Halfway to his uh, stolen base total from last year of 30. He's got 15. He has been caught as many times as he was last year. But at the same time, I mean, power speed is, is there. And uh, I'd like to see that average come up a bit. But he's he's showing improvement with, with the strikeouts so far this year uh, a little bit. And, and walking a heck of a lot more. He's got 34 walks uh, already in 72 games. Again, had just 46 last year. So uh, really good to see that improvement. And Blandino... Uh, do you think he ends up, you know, being a top ten fantasy shortstop when he's up in the majors? Uh yeah. I mean, he could, he could get there. Uh, he's not blocked either, really, unless you you're really into <laughs> unless you're into Suarez. Yeah, um, I mean, he's hitting, but no. Yeah, I mean, I if. Gosh, if Blendy, you know, hadn't he's he's on the minor league DL right now with a undisclosed injury. But if he was still healthy and everything, I think this is a guy that's going to move really fast for a shortstop. I think he could be up next year. So, um, wow. you know, it's there's a lot to like there. Uh, also a guy that could contribute in every category, although the power probably, you know, maybe in the, the 15 homer range at peak, which is still pretty nice for a shortstop. Yeah. He's got some speed. Now, mentioned with Irvin, the success on the base pass, the conversion rate, Blandino, Caught ten times, just seven successful stolen bases. But uh, and at his age, you know, maybe uh, that doesn't really develop into much of an asset. The speed and maybe doesn't get the green light much if he's batting, especially if he's batting near the bottom of the order. But uh, I'm with you. I think this is a fair grade. 
you know, Cozart was showing some nice signs, and you, you mentioned Suarez uh, offensively has some, you know, some reason. Uh, he's shown some flashes, but defensively he's kind of a mess, and I don't think Cozart's, you know, really going to be that complete package to where the Reds are going to want to have him as a cornerstone guy. Now, another couple guys you asked me about the other day who I would have higher, and it was really tough for me, and you have these guys just two spots apart, Clint Coulter, Clint Frazier. Uh, Coulter, of course, in the Brewers organization, Frazier uh, with the Indians, a top pick a couple years ago. Uh, you have Coulter uh, at 70, Frazier at 71. Uh, Frazier kind of kind of fallen in your eyes. Why is that? Uh, you know, he actually might be... I'd have to look, but he actually might be higher here than he was on the May fifteenth ranks. Hmm. Um, I just think it's so it's so hard to judge these guys based on, you know, what what qualifies as success for like a twenty year old in high A. I mean, he's he's not having a terrible year. I mean, if like if you didn't know who Clint Frazier was, you'd look at his numbers and you'd be interested. You'd be like, well, who's this guy? This is yeah. this is kind of interesting. Um, you know, and and the fact, like, if you compare him to a guy like Alex Jackson, you know, prep guy, uh, kind of the same pedigree, taken right around the same spot in last year's draft. I mean, Jackson had to be sent back to to rookie ball because yeah. he was struggling so much. So the fact that Frazier has held his own so far, you know, I think you got to count that as a point in his favor. Um, you know, the power isn't quite where it's it's supposed to be yet, uh, but he's yeah, he's just twenty years old, so. I still think there's plenty of upside there, but there's also plenty of risk. Yeah, eight homers already, <laughs> 77 games with high A Lynchburg. And you know, coming out of the draft, you know, the, the bat speed was, was what was so hyped up with Frazier. And, you know, there is risk, but I think, you know, the fact that he's you know taken to this next level, hasn't the, the production hasn't dipped off really at all. He's actually, you know, producing at a higher, you know, per game clip than he did last year. I think that's definitely an encouraging sign. And, uh, yeah, I would like to you know see where he was last time, but I know like coming into the year he was maybe top fifty guy. Uh, yeah, I think he was like a fringe top fifty guy coming into the year. Uh, he might actually have been fifty on the dot. Um, you know, it's 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 not a huge jump forward, but he's kind of treading water, which yeah. is which is fine. I mean, I, I still think that he's got the upside there. I mean, probably one of the you know twenty. If you're just ranking guys based on pure fantasy upside, he'd be a top twenty guy for sure. Now, Clint Coulter, he's still at high A. Uh, Brevard County's got 83 games there under his belt this year, batting 255, 350 on base, uh, 439 slug, 11 homers, uh, six stolen bases, 44 RBI. 21 years old now, former first round pick. Of course, he moved off of the catcher position, playing outfield exclusively now. Uh, you know, if they move up some pieces here, do you think he might be kind of fast tracked next year uh, through the system? I think he's probably still a 2017 guy. Uh, you know, he those numbers may not just jump out to you, but that's those are all like kind of near the top of the Florida State uh, mm-hmm. League leaderboard. I mean, it's a tough, tough league to hit in, and Brevard County is a tough park to to hit in. So those numbers, I mean, he's he's basically like the best hitter in that league right now. So uh, that's kind of that's what's impressive. I mean, it's not if you compare his numbers to somebody else that might be behind him or ahead of him. It might may not jump out, but yeah, I mean, he's, those numbers are really good for where he's playing. Uh, I do think 2017 though is a more realistic ETA. A couple more, you know, quick guys I want to touch on. Uh, 
you know, again, don't want to give all these away. And again, very fluid, but we got Vladimir Guerrero Jr. checking in at 79 on his debut on the top 200. Really love, you know, this guy. I get it. You know, I'm kind of biased just because, you know, his I'm, father was. I'm biased. Good. Who isn't yeah. biased? If yeah, you're you not Vlad, biased, then. Vladdy <laughs> Jr. up here. I mean, I was. I wanted to take this kid in the reserve draft last yeah, year before I know, he even freaking signed. He was like 15 <laughs> at the time. But, you know. Clay's really into 15-year-olds. <laughs> no, but at the same time, uh, when you got Vlad Guerrero Jr. as your name, I mean, and plus that video talked about last week where he's just launching uh, like 30-plus homers and 60 swings. A lot to dream on here, but he's you know hard to hard to live up to expectations as Vlad Guerrero Jr. Kind of but, impossible to rank. Yeah, like you know, I I didn't know where to put him. I mean, seventy nine seems fair to me, but at the same like, time, he's probably among the biggest guy, most downside of the top one hundred guys here, and the longest wait, mm-hmm. quite easily probably. I mean, what what are you thinking, like? 2019 or something? Jeez, I mean, if he got there in 2019, that'd mean he was like. 20, 20 when he got to the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so probably Bryce like Harper 21. Did that, but I mean, yeah. like, I, I mean, he, he could. It wouldn't shock you if he got there in 2019, but say you got there in 2020 or 2021, you're still looking at a guy that could be, you know, top five in the league in homers, you know, hit 300. I mean, <laughs> the, the, yeah. the ceiling is so incredibly high. Uh, not necessarily in real life, as we talked about, he probably ends up in left field, but, and not much speed at all either. I mean, his dad ran. A lot more than you'll see Guerrero run in his his younger years, but gosh, the the hit tool and the power combo. I mean, it's kind of hard to really think of a guy on this list that matches that. Yeah, and a guy that you know should be owned coming out of next year's draft season in in all dynasty keeper leagues, I'd say. Uh, but again, long wait and uh, somebody that I feel like. You know, you're going to probably draft and then you're probably going to trade because your window to compete is probably going to open up some point in the next It's going to take years. a lot of patience. Yeah. And your your team's going to have to be really bad for you, for you <laughs> to, like, never think about trading him. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, if you can compete, he's he might change hands, like, seven times yeah. in your Dynasty League before That's he debuts. That's great, though. Yeah. Hopefully I can trade him and then get him back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, trade him when you want to compete yeah. and then get him back when you're in, when you're in Selma. <laughs> After he gets traded to another owner. Yeah. That'd be great. Another guy I want to ask you about, uh, Marcos Marco Gonzalez of the Cardinals. Now he's on a rehab assignment right now. Looks like he may be getting close to competing. But you, uh, you know, before we started recording, kind of suggested that you know, as some of their other arms come up through the system, you know, he may find himself as the odd man out of the rotation mix long term. Um, but as far as potential impact over the rest of this season and next year. Um, enough to warrant a top 100 spot. Uh, but do you really – do you think he will be a bullpen guy, essentially? I don't. I just think that he might – It's. I mean, it's impossible to pencil in, you know, this is what their 2017 rotation is going to look like. Exactly. But, um, he, you know, he's good enough to pitch in the middle of somebody's rotation. So uh, the strikeouts just aren't going to really be there. I mean, he's a lot like uh, Chi-Chi to me okay. in terms of just, you know, he's going to get – get you wins because of the team he pitches on. He's going to get you nice, uh, really nice whip, um, you know, kind of a middling ERA, but the strikeouts aren't really going to be there with him. I mean, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think in 2017, you would, if you were to just kind of project out, you're going to look at, you know, Waka, Lynn, Martinez, Reyes, and uh, Ron, 
Rob Kaminsky as probably their top five. And then, you know, if something happens to one of those guys, that's where Gonzalez fits in. Yeah, don't like to hear that after I traded for him in SKL1. But at the same time, uh, wanted to at least take the chance. And the shoulder injury has been a big reason why, you know, we just haven't seen him. So maybe he, uh, you know, hopefully that shoulder issue is knocked out and he can, uh, you know, get back to uh, his ways and hopefully compete at the and contribute at the major league level this year. Alex Bregman uh, at 96, we, we talked about him and, you know, just that uh, you just don't see a ton of, uh, upside with him. He's actually behind Daz Cameron. I think that's interesting. But one guy in particular before we move on, Dylan Bundy. Now, so many injury issues piling up, falling all the way down to 102. I think coming into the year, he was, you know, top 20 type he was of guy top, for you. He, would, he might have been top 10 for me coming into the year. Um, now, this, this seems like super reactionary. Like, you know, how are you going to move a guy down 90 spots just because of one injury? But he might be I was talking with Derek Van Riper about this today at lunch and it's like you know he might be broken like look at the guys ahead of him like I was asking you like would you trade Robert Stevenson for Bundy you were like no and I was like yeah that makes sense I mean would you trade uh you know say you owned Jamison Tyon would you trade him for Bundy when you know that Tyon is probably going to crack that that Pirates rotation early next season uh, Bundy's thrown about like so say he doesn't pitch again this season which I think is quite likely you're going to enter 2016 with him having 60 innings of game action logged over the past like four and a half years so yeah. I mean that's it's so hard to just be confident about a guy like that I mean he might just be one of the most tragic stories in terms mm. of prospects in recent memory just because when he was healthy, he was like my favorite pitching prospect in baseball, and I was so excited for him to be a big leaguer, and, you know, it's just all kind of falling apart for him. You know, I was going to say, I, I think I might trade a guy like Henry Owens for him. I think that's something, you know, you could do if you, uh, you know, want to take a gamble on, on Bundy's upside, which I think is there's still some there, but it's just, you know, you're right. So many yeah. issues that he might might just be broken, and Owens – uh it's total personal preference yeah. i would definitely like i wouldn't blink if anyone traded him like the pitchers i have ahead of him you know like mark Appel, miguel Almonte, uh yeah john gray aaron blair brian johnson henry owens i mean i wouldn't blink if any of those guys were traded for for bundy or vice versa again keep an eye out for james's updated top 200 prospect rankings coming soon to the site if not this weekend uh shortly after the all-star break and we'll move on to grading out our next rap group here on the 20 to 80 scouting scale for the five tools that we have established for hip hop groups. Those are lyricism, flow, longevity, impact, swag. Again, Gangstar, Outcast to, to start this kind of series we're doing. Terror Squad. Not, not on which the one same of those level. three doesn't belong? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty obvious that one doesn't Actually, belong. The reason we had to do Terror Squad at some point was because Terror Squad was actually the. Uh, yeah. the genesis of us grading out rap groups because we were just talking about Terror Squad in the office one day and like started throwing grades around. Um, <laughs> I think we might have started grading out uh, Fat Joe's look. <laughs> <laughs> From the Triz video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think we were just kind of talking too about just terrible rap right, groups. Right, right. We've been talking, that's kind of, we've been talking on and off about that almost all year, just kind of remembering the, the all the terrible <laughs> 
uh, rap clicks from like the early 2000s. I mean, there were so in many. Like 90s. every every rapper had a click, you know, yeah. like uh, a group that they would release. Flip Mode Squad group, from yeah. Busta. Yeah, yeah, like State Property. Yeah, D12. I mean, like, yeah, or, yeah, like yeah. all these terrible, terrible groups. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> Terror Squad was, was among them. Yeah, now... <laughs> um, I got low grades across the board. I'm just going to say that right now. But I do like Big Pun a lot. That's what the main... All of my non-20s yeah. were just tip of the caps to Big yeah. Pun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, I got a 40 on lyricism. I think I think Big Pun was pretty underrated ly- uh, lyricist. Now, like, the rest of give, the group really brings like it a, down. I'd give him like a 70 yeah, by himself. Me too. Um, but I also like Cuban Link to a certain extent, so that's why I think the 40 overall sure. ranking... Is fair, and I went thirty-five, uh, just because I don't think anybody in the group other than Pun gets a more than like a twenty or twenty-five from me. So I think that that all all that terrible rapping kind of brings down uh, <laughs> the overall grade. <laughs> uh, just in case people who aren't aware um, <laughs> of this group, and how could you not be? Yeah, it was <laughs> it was Fat. Uh, well, I'm not going to list Fat Joe first. It was Big Pun, <laughs> Fat Joe, Cuban Link. Triple Sice? I don't know who that is, actually. <laughs> Prospect, Armageddon, Remy Ma, and Tony S- Sunshine. Uh, yeah. Their first album... <laughs> what, a, what a group. Their first album <laughs> called The Album. Nice. Squad, The Album. A real original there, guys. Um, <laughs> so you got a 35 on lyricism. What do you got for flow? This is just the exact same thing. Uh, I mean, I gave it a 35. All 15 of those points above 20 are strictly big pun. <laughs> Could have actually maybe gone 40 there, because I might give Big Pun's flow close to an 80. Yeah, I love Pun's flow, and, you know, unique, very unique, oh. even though, he, you know, it, it seemed like it was effortless. And, yeah. like, you couldn't rap along to his flow, really, yeah, unless yeah. it was just, like, not a player or something like yeah. that. I mean, when he was going fast and in the zone, I mean, just just incredible. Really, really good. If you had to grade Fat Joe's flow, <laughs> is, that <a> <laughs> is that just a straight 20? I, I think so. See, I'd give like Cuban Link probably a thirty, but it's it's close. Um, longevity, easy twenty for me. Uh, really, kind of lost in the winds of time. Here. Right, right. I think. I mean, I almost feel bad because this kind of brings them back to back to the the spotlight, back on them yeah. for a minute. But um, but that's I for Fat or for Big Pun. Right, and the longevity thing's perfect. It's a perfect twenty because Big Pun was only around for like a very brief yeah. moment, and then it was over. See, I'd give uh, maybe not for longevity for Big Pun, but for the next grade impact, I'd give Pun like maybe like a seventy here as well, just because I think he did have kind of a short window. But I think you know we kind of talked again about Gangstar members of Outcast being. Uh, rappers, rappers, or artists, artists. I think Pun was kind of that same boat. In the it's, it's So Hard video, we kind of saw that so many people showing out mm-hmm. paying their respects. Yeah, for sure. But Terror Squad, easy 20 on impact as well. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I mean, I'd actually, I I'd give them, I'd give them lower than 20 on impact if I could. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh, but I think it's fair. Now, Swag, 30, and again, only reason here, well, Pun and Cuban Link, I'll, I'll say 30, even though, you know, Fat Joe did his best to, See, to bring this down to a 20 with I, his uh, swag. It was tough. I mean, I wouldn't fight you if you put a 20 there. for but Just because Fat Joe, I mean, can you think of any rapper with less swag than <laughs> Fat Joe? I really can't. No. I Don mean, Cartagena or whatever? I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe... 
gosh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, Benzino maybe might have <laughs> oh, might have a, wow. might have a twenty twenty swag. Ja Rule maybe. I yeah, don't know. Ja Rule in his heyday had a little swag. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I it's mean, close. No, he, I can't lie. Uh, you know. Ashanti didn't mind being in the same room as Ja, which is <laughs> which is something. That's true. <laughs> and you could tell in the Triz video that all the women around Fat Joe they were getting were just, paid a lot. <laughs> to be there <laughs> and they were still not that happy <laughs> they, were not, they were not into it <laughs> yeah. i got a 30 there you got 25 overall i got 30 you got 25 <laughs> uh we'll get back to the the we'll, more we'll, potent and yeah and we'll better do a we'll do a good next group week. next week but, but you have to throw the, these types in yeah there. The, the the clown groups i mean that's <laughs> you know it, <laughs> it wouldn't be any fun if they didn't exist thank you for listening to the roadwire prospect podcast uh, be sure to rate and review the podcast if you get a chance. Also, follow James on Twitter at RealJRAnderson. I'm at Clay W. Link. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the All-Star break. We'll be back with you next week. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.